Monstrous Breakdown. Ghosts. Ghosts are an undead creature that have been around since the earliest days of tabletop role-playing games. These creatures are horrifying due to their spectral and ethereal natures, and typically have many damage and condition immunities. Additionally, they come equipped with powerful abilities, such as a horrifying visage and the ability to possess their foes. Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in. This is Justin, the host of this here episode that's about to begin. Wanted to give you all a heads up that we had network issues and kept losing Discord, so there will be times where the others that are in this episode cut out. I apologize for that. Um, they will be corrected as we move into 2020, but thank you so very much for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Welcome. I am Justin, and you are listening to Dungeon Chat our very own Into the Dungeon bi-weekly podcast where we discussed, discuss, even, the most recent Ew. live stream, interview, interview our players and Dungeon Masters, and discuss tabletop RPG news. Some quick announcements before we really dive into the meat of this episode. Um, this is a reminder, this is the last live stream and podcast of this year. Uh, we The... Uh, the Wow, that threw me off. Uh, this is our last podcast with this recording equipment. Uh, new year, new sound. And the next episode of actual gameplay will be January 5th of 2020. Uh, in this episode, we are joined by Patrick McCannon. Ashley Hedges and Nicholas Hode. All three are the players from our most recent one-shot, I Roll for Shoes. Uh, and this is the first time we've had the complete cast of an episode on the show. Everybody, say hi at the exact same time. Hello. Hi. Awesome. I got there first. You did get there first, and it was wonderful. Damn it, Nick. <laughs> Um, Ashley, having never been on the show before, the before we dive into the one-shot content, I want to give you a chance to just kind of introduce your Azkazir character. So tell us who you play in the Into the Dungeon uh, main game that we refer to as Azkazir. I play a fast-fucking centaur, man. A naked fast-fucking centaur. I mean, what more could you say than naked, fast fucking centaur? Look. Ooh, phrasing. Oh, <laughs> phrasing. Are we still doing phrasing? He is a gentleman, okay? What's his name? His name is Denim. Great. Right, right, right. Um, had yeah, you played I, a centaur before? No. Or. How, I mean, this how, is only like my third character, so no. That is true. You are relatively new to tabletop role-playing games, and I think I've mentioned this on another podcast, one where you weren't present. We were talking about you behind your back, but I had actually commented in that episode that you have grown exponentially as a player, going from not playing at all to being thrown into the middle of our last game and, and now playing this and even having run your own game, I have been so just giddy to watch your growth as a participant. I was going to say player, but now you DM and you play. So a participate or participant in this hobby. So thank you for that. I mean, have I've only DM'd it? once. I, I still don't feel like super comfortable with that. But that's okay, though. We all have our first game. Hmm. We all do. 
Yeah. And it was fun. I was a player in that game. I don't know if you knew that, but I was a player in that game, and it was a good time. Were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was totally there. In fact, <laughs> all of the players are here. Oh, that's right. That is, yeah. That, I forgot about that. And and Patrick, I will tell you, you made me second guess myself because we were when I was writing up the show notes for the I Roll for Shoes podcast. One of the things I mentioned is is that there were three. No, no, no. When I was writing up the show notes for the Halloween special, I had mentioned that there were like three of us, and there was definitely only three of us. During three of us for what? For the the Halloween. Wasn't there, there was just the three, or was there four? For Megan's game? Yeah, for Megan's game. Well, Greg's character did blend into the shadows. Oh my god, I forgot Greg. This whole time I've just been like, it was definitively three. <laughs> it was four. He was I... rogue, he was stealthy. <laughs> natural twenty. Either either he rolled a natural twenty on his uh, hide, uh, or his stealth rather, or I am very unobservant. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. So, Ashley, you had some incredible moments as uh, Denim in the last main game episode. Uh, do any of those stand out to you? Oh, no. Are we having an audio issue? Oh, no. Quick. Don't know if we're coming through anymore, but give me a second. (laughs) Let's see what this fixes. Are we live? Are we back? Are we back? Are we back? This is the are we back dance. I don't know if we're broadcasting anybody. All right, I hear my players. We hear you. You hear me? Okay, great. We hear you now. So I don't know what all got missed there, but what I was saying is, is Ashley, you had some incredible moments as a denim in our last main game. Uh, do okay. any of those stand out to you? Um, I mean, I kind of forget a lot that happened. Um, I, I remember there was a huge fight. Mm-hmm. So, well, all the big I, moments I remember from the big fight involved you and Axe and heads flying. Yep. Okay. Well, um, I guess one of the yeah the most memorable head flying is the one that you didn't intend to let me kill in one swing. Oh right, <laughs> oh, we're right. in the heat of a large oh. battle. Yeah. You <laughs> you you decapitated like a lieutenant who was supposed to be yeah. stronger, and I didn't notice that that's who you were attacking. But I wiped them off the field anyways. I feel if you if you rewatch that, I feel like I made it pretty clear which one I was attacking. Oh, listen, oh, I I do not I, doubt for a second that you made it clear. Yeah, I'm 100% I wasn't trying to percent doubting my perception. I mean, between I, just, for, I wasn't trying to trick you. No, one. I know, I know that. Yeah. I think just between. Greg disappearing from my memory and me not knowing who you were attacking. I think I just roll really badly on perception. <laughs> Consistently. Are you even rolling? Uh, yes, day to day. I, I pretty much make every decision throughout the day based on rolls. That's uh, that's that's just... how you're meant to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> so we concluded the last game, uh, Ashley. 
uh, in yes. a chase. Um, how do you think that chase is going to conclude so I can take notes about it? Um, look, round one, I intend to rage. Round two, I intend to tackle his fucking horse, and he's going down. And, and if I remember correctly, I think chase rules as written uh, actually says you can spend a inspiration to do something. Really? Yeah, because remember you said you had an inspiration. I think it. I think it makes. It oh so no! That... You can counter. You can use it to like counter a. Uh, yeah, a setback. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I feel like you've got this in the bag, but I, I'm yeah. I'm gonna be tricksy. I think, and we'll see what happens. Now that Fucking I've actually had time to plan a chase as opposed to uh, improvise a chase. You think you can outrun me? Ha ha ha. Okay, so switching gears to what we're all really here for today is the incredible. I get that it's self-promoting. I have played a lot of D&D in my time. This session of I Roll for Shoes was the most fun I think I've ever had improvising a tabletop role-playing game. So I want to talk about that, and I want to talk to our guest player. So that being said, everybody welcome Nick. Nick. It's so glad to have you both in this episode and in the one shot. Say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. That's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted you to do. Um, Nick, how is I'm doing here, right? Where can I pick up my check? Yeah, that's well, there is no checks. After Um, the show. I have this cereal by the name of checks that you can just Uh, have. That'll have to do. Oh, perfect. Then we're good. And that'll be the standard. We pay people in cereal. That, that At least that's what I think should be the standard. Mm. I was going to say, mm. it went quiet. Did we lose audio again? <laughs> I was thinking what? about my favorite cereal. Oh, about how you want to be paid? Can yeah. we change the cereal? Like, check to check? Or... No. Sure. Yeah, only, you can swallow it. what's available. Like, one month, it's like Raisin Bran, and the next month, it's like Cap'n Crunch. Are I we allowed like to say... I like you're really... Selling yourself short on the adjustment from Raisin Bran to Captain Crunch. Like, I feel one of those is, like, definitively a better cereal. I don't know what you mean by that. It's it's controversial, folks. (laughs) Raisin Bran is boring. Captain Crunch is Captain Crunch. Yeah, Yeah, but you don't always want Captain Crunch. That's going to get boring. Sometimes you want some fucking Raisin Bran. No, if you get bored of yes. Captain Crunch, you switch to Cinnamon Toast Crunch, not Raisin Bran. What is wrong with Raisin Bran? <laughs> Listen, uh, obviously the chat agrees with me, so we're going to move on. We're going to move on. There uh, is no Pat- chat. No one's saying anything. <laughs> Patrick Patrick, and Nick. So, so This Nick, has devolved. <laughs> it has, and that's okay. It's wonderful. Uh, Nick, I would not have met you had it not been for Patrick. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if the two of you together can maybe tell us how you all became friends and what led you both to playing uh, tabletop role-playing games. All right, so, get the Halloween uh, soundboard out. I, I have a lot of input on this question. Please. <laughs> So uh, Patrick and I are more like frenemies than than yeah. friends, but but we'll say friends for the purposes of our our chat today. We actually met about eleven or twelve years ago at university, Georgia Southern. Go Eagles! Aww. Who rock? Whose house? And 
And specifically, our mutual friend, uh, Katie Patrick, wanders the halls of Georgia Southern and found Patrick somehow and found me somehow, and that's how we actually met each other. Yep. Now, Patrick, this was in the dying days of LAN video gaming, and Patrick was desperate for people to play video games with on LAN. And I was dragging... Patrick, this is all you. What's a LAN? so so desperate, in fact, that I volunteered to do all of the troubleshooting for up to I think at one point you're not eight, explaining what a land eight is. or nine PCs uh, uh, local area network. It's it's when a bunch of nerds get together and uh, play video games with all their computers connected together. And somehow that led to Patrick living with me. He showed up one day, and you know you're stuck with it. I guess. His computer was very hard to troubleshoot. That, that's been a consistent That's because you're not used to Max. So wait, hold on wait a second. How do you go from playing... Well, first of all, what were you playing over LAN? Oh, Sin, Sins of a Solar Empire, man. You know that's oh, what it was. Classic. Okay. That's the game. You know, if I had someone volunteering to troubleshoot Sins of a Solar Empire... Thank for you. ...ten of us, I'd probably invite Thank that person you. to move in, too. I, I, that's exactly what happened. Okay, okay. So, now, how did Sins of a Solar Empire weave its way into tabletop role-playing games? It did not, for it's many, very, many years. It's, it's, it's actually a very clear connection in that he made the mistake of letting me move back in as we're adults, and, uh... Then we were like, you know what? We should try out this uh, Adventurers League. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, sir. You've left out a key piece of history. Lost history. <laughs> oh, well, we, we must have the scoop. We're way off uh, any degree of an outline or script, but we must know the scoop on this. Oh, no. My very first tabletop role-playing game was Shadowrun, ah. which was run, run by and this was about four years, four or five years, maybe even just four years ago. Patrick returned to Atlanta. We we reunited. It was, you know, wonderful. Tears were kind of sh- And then he wanted to run Shadowrun. I knew nothing about tabletop RPGs and agreed to do it. It's and a great introduction. <laughs> in our second session, he killed all of us with devil rats. <laughs> Laugh. I was. It's like Patrick. Big, what he did. big ugly sewer rats. Yeah. I was so traumatized by this experience. I didn't play any other role-playing games for like two years before he finally talked me into trying to do Adventure League at our local friendly gaming store. Gotcha. Yep. And and it, the situation has devolved from there. And now I'm in way too many games, doing way, way too many things. It's it's kind of an amazing. Um... It's kind of just amazing that way, right? You get still there, Justin. To... Come back to us. Oh, I'm Justin? here. Do you hear me? Justin! Oh, no! Okay, no! hold on. Y'all keep talking. I, think we lost I don't it. I don't know. Are we still... Testing? Okay, I I'm can. back. I can hear all, all right. of you. So the story came through loud and clear. It was only when you guys started calling for me that I realized everything was foobar. Okay. So, it was so well. 
Yeah, that was this an is the first. Story. I'm wondering if it's where. So, for those of you who are listening uh, and don't know this, I moved the whole setup down into the basement. Now, that sounds like a problem if I were on Wi-Fi, but I moved the router down and I moved the wired cable. Ah, it's been working fine all day, and we haven't dropped the stream at all, but for some reason, Discord's going nuts. But, who hmm. knows? Who knows? So, what I, was gonna, what I was saying is, before I was so rudely interrupted by Discord or the network... Uh, and hold on, no liable on Discord here. They make a great service. I don't know what's going on. But what I was saying is something, but I lost track of where I was. Um, let's see here. Uh, I was going to say, it, it's the, it's so amazing that something like Shadowrun um, can lead a person to playing these kind of stories and then getting addicted. Addicted maybe is a strong word, but I... There's nothing like the type of narrative we spin at the table with each other. No other video game comes close. Would y'all agree with that? I would. And addiction is probably the right word based on my expenditure related to these <laughs> games. Uh, I, I felt like I heard a little hesitation from Ashley. Do you have a thought on this? I mean, I've played some pretty enjoyable games. I think... Um, I wouldn't say that D&D is more enjoyable than them. I think it's a different kind of enjoyment. Okay, that's fair enough. But, you know, I do want to ask you, I want to kind of point this question at you, because there was a time, you know, you and I met each other, and you were literally a, a, a resident at the apartment that I managed, and somehow we clicked. I think it was over Supernatural. And one day yeah. I brought up D&D. And I think your exact words were something along the lines of, I'd be interested, but I've never done it before. And now you're yeah. on a stream with us. You finished our, you finished out campaign one with uh, Creed. Um, you've done one shots. You've hosted. How, how has it impacted you? Oh my God. Did we lose audio again? We lose it again. Rather, the audio isn't coming yeah, through. Audio cut through, cut off again. Oh, this is frustrating. This is the first time this has ever happened. I don't know what all you heard. Did you hear my question? Um, I heard. Oh, what do I remember hearing? Is the better question. Okay, well, this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> I'm kind of negative in history. Okay. Yeah. So this is what we're gonna do, uh, and we're gonna do, be a little meta here and actually talk about the show uh, as we. Uh, all right. As we're recording, um, we do have a bit of an outline that we're following for the sake of this talk show. We do not use an outline when we play D&D. Uh, we're going we're gonna to skip the stuff we said about crosstalk, and we're just going to try and get through this. Okay. Um, so, Nick, you, this was your first time playing with me as your dungeon master. How, how did you, did you enjoy it? And, like, do you have notes for me? I really enjoyed it. Um... You know, got to suck up to, to the GM, right? But one of the things I think that you did really well and I wanted to call out is you you let you picked every individual person and let them have their moment. So let's say, you know, there's three of us, something happens, we're all excited and we're all trying to do something and you did a good job Say, okay, let's let Patrick do something, okay, let Ashley do something, okay, let me do something. And sometimes that doesn't happen and 
it gets harder, obviously, as your table size grows. Um, and most of the tables I play at are seven people plus. And sometimes you have half the table is doing one thing while the other half is doing the other thing. So I thought you did a really good job of keeping that. Um, so overall, I really enjoyed your DMing style. And oh, I really you. think for those, you know, we've done two games now where it was just four players total. So one DM and then three players. Um, Ashley was one of these DMs and then Justin, you were the other. And I got to say, these these smaller smaller. Nick? Justin? I'm here. Nick? Two's... I'm here. Oh, okay. it just went quiet. That was scary. Yeah. Continue. I was ranting. I was ranting the whole time. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, then maybe you did blurp. Maybe you did blurple. <laughs> but, um... So no, ultimately yes, I liked your DM style, and it's hard to like like offer feedback for a system like um, Roll for Shoes. Um, I mm. think with something like D and D or Pathfinder that has more strict rules, I could say, well, you know, I think you could run combat better in this way, or I think you could allow roll. Da 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 da. Yeah. But with something like Roll for Shoes, I think it it went pretty smoothly by virtue of there being fairly little rules to have to hold people to. That makes sense. That's reasonable. Um, and I appreciate that. I'm glad you had a good time. And you're right. When the table gets bigger, uh, it's really hard. Cause I think what you're talking about is when, when those moments where it'll be, hold on, Ashley, Patrick, before you keep doing things, Nick, what are you doing? Like, are you talking about that kind of in the moment? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That precisely. I try to do that in the seven, eight player games that we do, but it gets so much tougher. So a smaller table definitely makes it easier to do, but I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. That, that for me, that that's the most important thing is, is making sure we're still having fun. Um, all right. So kind of moving on, um, let's talk about that. I roll for shoes a little bit. So we played the micro RPG system. I roll for shoes in this episode. It was developed by the, you guys are still there, right? Yeah. Okay. It was developed by the user D weird and posted to their blog. It has seven rules that tell you everything you need to know about how to build your character and play the game. Uh, the session was our first time playing it. And it took practically no time at all for it to start moving pretty smoothly. We had a couple of hiccups, but we worked through them, and then they never came up again. Uh, in addition to these seven rules, I wanted there to be a bit of uh, pressure. So I added some homebrew rules to it. I gave each of the characters six health points, six HP. Uh, I declared that there would be no part two, that if this game concluded and the heroes were unsuccessful, that they would either be lost or dead, and that each player would make their character a child between the ages of 8 to 14. So, Patrick, you played the character of Remy. Tell us about Remy. There were heroes in that mansion? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> ah, I know you've certainly started with the best, the star of the show, the the character that stories would later be told of. No. The bard. <laughs> Remy was me trying to figure out what does a bard's childhood look like? Mm. And so I was trying to take the potential new skills you could earn. Patrick apparently thinks a bard's childhood looks just like a rogue's backstory. 
Look, they all come from the streets, right? <laughs> and it's in the streets that you learn your skills, all right? I had a sick skateboard. I had a wicked air guitar going on. Remy, Remy had it. He had it covered. For sure. Nice. Okay. Um, did you, do you, it just, and I think we'll get into it a little bit in some of the, the later questions, but just as succinctly as possible, do you, do you feel like you got to explore the, the childhood of a bard in that character? Yeah, you know, I would say he's, he's set upon that path. Set upon that path. Okay, cool. <laughs> Ashley, you played a delightful young lady by the name of Blair. Tell us about your delightful Blair. Well, uh, she was named after the Blair Witch. Um, I intended for her to be probably a lot more creepy than she came across because I was intending to do it like a, like a kid warlock, just a creepy ass little kid that's made some kind of warlock pack. Um, but it ended up like not happening like that. <laughs> Were you upset? Because so that was one thing I reflected on after the game is I knew that you had expressed warlock as a thing you were interested in, and really nothing patrony happened. It was far more wizardy or sorcery. Were you upset by that? Did it? Did did you feel uh, like you were shortchanged that that you didn't get to do the warlock bit that you wanted to do? No, not at all. Um, I actually just intentionally stopped trying to. I I gave I stopped giving a shit about that like as soon as we started playing because mm. I realized that that would probably be really annoying like I rolled to talk to Cthulhu. Um, okay. That yeah that that would have gotten weird. Well, if so. you have any concerns about whether or not your character was creepy, one of the other things I asked the players to do was to tell me like, tell me what toy quote unquote <laughs> toy you brought into the game with you. What was your toy, Blair? Uh, that would be Chompers, the dead squirrel. That's creepy, Ashley. That's that was about all the creepy we needed. <laughs> Look, they're kids in a D and D world. They have limited toys. <laughs> now, Nick, you played Jacoby. Tell us about Jacoby. So I envision him as being. I know you know a lot of young kids get really obsessed with maybe science or you know dinosaurs or stuff like that. I might have been one of those. So I wanted to do a character that was like a science nerd, but he fundamentally misunderstood everything that he actually read. So he's really bad at science, but he's really confident about the stuff he was wrong. Then you gave us um, character flaws, you know, randomly chosen character flaws, and one of the ones that I got because I picked two. Go figure. Um, was that Jacoby is always hungry and always thirsty. And I decided to take that to be a, a key character trait. Like, this guy was really, he was chonky. He wanted to eat everything he could find. That was an obsession for him. And he would use science to find ways to eat more food. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that was... Nature you your nose science. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real fast, my computer made a noise. Can y'all still hear me? Yes. yes. Okay, good. It's making the noise again. That's weird, but you can still hear me. So, very cool. So, something that just kind of came to me, and it's not in our guide, or it's not in our outline here, but I'm hoping we can just go in the same order, Patrick, Ashley, Nick. Uh, Patrick, do, can you recall a skill that you had on your character sheet by the end of the game that was your favorite? I think my absolute favorite skill was one that really just defined 
find the I roll for shoes system. It, oh, it, it, now it I already know what you're going to say. Gap between D&D and I roll for shoes. That was Remy rolling to fail to understand what was going on. So, so real quickly, I realized that in our explanation that the game only has seven rolls, I didn't really say exactly the crux of I roll for shoes. And the way it works is that you start with one skill on your character sheet called do anything. And that <laughs> skill has a rank of one. And that one tells you that you can roll a 1d6 to see if you're successful. If you critically succeed, not only oh, are no. you... Not and only, you're gone. Okay. Bye, Justin. Bye. Do 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 getting connected back. All right, I should be back. Can you hear me? Yes, yes I can hear you now. So real quick, when I disappear, say something the way you did cuz that worked. I knew immediately. Um right. Anyways, so you you have one skill with a rank of one, and if you, you that one means that you have to roll a 1d6 to see if you were successful. If you critically succeed rolling a six, then it sort of explodes and you get a new skill. And that skill is a rank of two, so it's better than do anything one, and it's tangentially related to whatever you were trying to do. And in this case, I believe you were trying to understand and it somehow grew into failing to understand. And then it made me have to give him really meta responses whenever he rolled to fail to understand. It was strange and I'm still kind of broken thinking about it. No, we're gonna move. His intention was always to not understand what was going on. He was trying to get out of the character flaw you gave him. Oh. <laughs> right, right, right. Ruby was easily frightened by things, but uh. I realized he wasn't quite smart enough to understand maybe when he should be frightened by things. <laughs> Which means oh. he's not easily frightened. Look. I get it. Okay, well, it's okay. It didn't impact game play much. Everybody still there? Yes. Yep. Okay, great. Uh, Ashley. What would do you recall a favorite uh, skill that Blair had? Um, ah. look, she really only had two: setting things on fire and trying to teleport, and they were both wonderful. They were pretty incredible. Yeah, it was, and we're going to talk about it a little later. But I love that you really leaned into wanting to try and flavor it as a D and D character, and you were you were okay with me saying they may not work how you think they will because this isn't D and D. And then you were yep. still willing to just try it. And it went so, so wonderfully. Uh, Nick, tell us about Jacoby, uh, about his uh, skill that you thought was your favorite. So my favorite skill was also my most useless skill, um, which was science this shit. I was like, okay, my science nerd kid is going to try and science everything. And every time I succeeded, you said, science can't answer this. This is just magic. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, my guy would just keep trying. He would just keep hopelessly trying to understand the science of it. And science did work one time. One time when Remy uh, fell on a spike and impaled himself, I yes. somehow knew how to medical him. <laughs> Medicine. Yeah, him. It worked. That so was, that one was time. the first time you attempted to science something that was a practical, measurable, physical ailment. <laughs> 
I tried to science ghosts. I tried to science weird mannequins. I tried to science weird fire things. Yeah, folks. I tried to science anti-gravity fields. It didn't work. (laughs) And I will tell you, I used the same DC for trying to science magic that I used for Ashley trying to do magic, which was 4D6. You just were less successful. Well, no, I think I think even when you were successful, I think the most useful thing I could tell you was that your scientific brain knows this isn't science; it's magic. Um, I kind of enjoyed that dynamic, though. Okay. You know, we let we let we let Blair actually be useful while Remy and I just you know were there. <laughs> Did I lose you? You were being okay, like good. the opposite of useful, eating all the cookies. <laughs> <laughs> um, the snacks, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah All right. Yeah. So let's see here. Uh, so Nick. Yeah. Right. Uh, Nick, how, how do you feel this compared? How do you feel this one shot compared to other role playing game systems you've played before? So one of the things I really loved about this particular system was that you can look at someone's character sheet and have a really good feel for what that character was about, what that character's interested in. With Remy as an example, he was air guitaring, he was, you know, power sliding. Inspiring. Yep, inspiring. You got a really good sense of what Remy was into. Jacoby was, you know, looking for food, trying to science stuff, um, charging to get to food faster. You You got a good idea of what he was about. And then Blair is setting things on fire and teleporting again. You're getting a good sense of what she's about mm-hmm. versus like D and D or Shadowrun or Pathfinder One, Pathfinder Two. They have a lot of baggage associated with them. Um, one of my favorite examples is Pathfinder One, where they have the swimming skill, and I've almost never used the swimming skill. But everyone who's played Pathfinder a lot tells me, "Don't neglect the swimming skill. You'll never have to use it except that one time where you really, really want it." And it feels kind of it's it's almost. Nick. Crap, we lost Nick. Nick. Nick, Nick, Nick. Can you Nick. not hear me? No, oh, you're back. There we go. No, what did you last hear? Uh, you, you were just saying that you almost never use swimming unless you need it. We only, I think we only lost you for like two seconds. Yeah, so it's, you know, you never need swimming until you need it because you're about to drown and die horribly. But it feels like mental. You're carrying around this skill that you're almost never going to use. And there are lots of skills like that. If you look at like a D&D skill depending on what class you're playing, there are a bunch of stuff on there you might not use. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this system, everything that was on my sheet, I used pretty regularly. And I think the same went true for, for Remy and Blair as well. So it was really fascinating to have a character sheet that was just so tailored to your actual specific character. Mm. Um, given the simple uh, rules, would you use this system as an introduction to tabletop role-playing for new players? I've been debating this one, actually, because when you look at this system at first glance, you're like, this is really straightforward. In theory, you know, for someone who's not as, who you show them a D&D character sheet or a Pathfinder. Lost you. Did we lose everybody? Uh, That's me. Shit.
Justin. All right, hold on. I'm going to try and make a change. Okay. Change is good. Change is good. Change is better than dealing with this over and over and over again. Overview. What, what change do you make? I'm going to see if I can change the region that the what server we're connected to. <coughs> see if that helps us any. Okay. So I moved us from um, U.S. South to U.S. Something. I don't, I don't know. Hopefully that makes a difference. Uh, it's a setting inside the the server settings on Discord. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know what's going on, uh, and I don't seem we haven't lost the stream, and we haven't like I don't seem to be seeing any issues other than with Discord. Mm. Um, but carrying on, uh, Nick, we lost a bit of what you were saying. You said you were wrestling between would you or wouldn't you use this uh, to introduce new players. Would you summarize for us your thoughts on that? Sure. Um, I think as like comparison, I think Shadowrun is a terrible way to introduce players to tabletop role-playing games. Strongly disagree. <laughs> but at the same time, I almost want like I'd be curious to try this system on on someone who's not familiar with with role-playing games but would like to get into them. This is it's a little easier of an invest because you don't have to bring anything except you know someone can loan you some dice. So there's there's very little barrier to entry for someone. I would love to see how my grandmother would do this. Oh, we should we should set that up. But it's That's, not going to happen. She lives in Kentucky. Well, you're going there. Like going to Kentucky. Patrick. Yep. Road trip. See now, Patrick wants to go to Kentucky. <laughs> wow. Um, you know. I, I'm a little on the fence on this, and I think the only way I'm going to ever know for sure is to try it on exclusively new players. But I think the most difficult part of D&D is making people feel comfortable roleplay. And obviously you don't have to roleplay, but I think even when you tell someone you don't have to roleplay, but then everybody else at the table starts using voices or talking in character, there's there's a bit of a pressure to do it too. And I think that when you have a system like I Roll for Shoes that's 100% a storytelling game, that that might be stressful for a new player, but maybe I'm wrong. Y'all can still hear me, so, right? Okay, good. Yes. Yeah, I, I have a quick, quick, quick story on this one about role-playing. I was told when being advertised to go to D&D Adventure League that role-playing would not be necessary. <laughs> Nobody role-plays at Adventure League. We would just go there and just play, you know. We sat down at this table of totally random people. There are about seven of us, and every single one of them had a voice and started role-playing instantly, out the gate. And I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to name me. Perfect. All right. Uh, so, Ashley, I think you had some questions prepared. Um, I sure did. What were they? They're right here in the oh, document. Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> Look, I can't read, okay? You're <laughs> yeah, asking me to Every read time you've had to like level up your character, I've had to read the book to you. What book? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um speaking of characters, Patrick, you're a your rogue boy in Askazir. You've had some pretty strong plans that have just gone totally haywire. And 
Also, there were a few things that did not work very well for you in I Roll for Shoes. Um, how do you deal with, you know, having such a good idea that just gets ruined by bad dice rolls? You, you got to lean into it, you know? I've had the same uh, three sets of dice for ooh, four or five years now, and uh, they've served me poorly. <laughs> that went in a yeah. different direction. Yeah. No. Um, so it's just great fun kind of being like, oh, yeah, this would totally work if the dice will let it work and then roll and the dice don't let it work. And you're like, well, I guess we're fighting our way out of this situation. <laughs> well, can I just make it? Can I make an observation on this? Right. Are these the same dice? So you know what I think it is? I think if these are the same dice you've always used for the last four or five years, I think these dice just love a good story. Because I it, was it these <laughs> dice that let you pump not one, not two, not three, not four, but five arrows into Lord Soth? You know, they were. They were. They, they helped Arendelle the Ranger get revenge. Absolutely. And, and may I say, those five arrows were in one turn. Yeah. <laughs> Arcane archers, folks. <laughs> I think his dice save up energy because when he's playing in our games, um, there was one time he took a feat for D and D that let him re-roll ones and twos when he rolled. Let's just say he used that feat every single dice roll. Great <laughs> weapon fighter. Great weapon fighter. Great weapon fighter. Became a bit of a mantra for the table. It's like, all right, roll your dice and great weapon fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I think what makes it worse is that for a while I forgot that it worked for twos as well. <laughs> but yeah. You poor poor thing. Um, so Justin, for you, how does um, planning a, a one-shot that's as simple as I roll for shoes compare to planning out a session of D&D? &D? For the three of you, Sorry. Did you have more? Nope. Nope. Okay. For the three of you, I did. I, I, I completely bastardized the rules on this, which was it's kind of supposed to all just be an improvisation exercise in storytelling. I prepped it exactly like I would prep a D&D one shot. I knew what room did what. I knew where was where. I knew what would happen if you did certain things. And I planned it all in about a week. The only thing, no, that's not true. I was going to say, I, I stole some things outright. I stole puzzles and challenges from a few different sources. And I stole the layout from a D&D module because I'm bad at, I tried designing a mansion. I'm bad at it. I don't have an architect's mind, but I hmm. mostly just planned it like I would plan any D&D &D session. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. I, I think if I were running it for a different group, I, I may have been more lax about it, but I know how you all play, and I wanted to make sure you all had a fun time. So what would you recommend for someone trying to play in their own I Roll for Shoes game? Um, 
seeing as how a lot of what I planned completely went out the window as do anything is so versatile, I would just say go into it with expectation. This is kind of a general rule for DMing any tabletop role-playing that encourages improvisation, but just know that your players are smarter than you, and even if you and your player have exactly the same intellectual capacity, you are outnumbered and they're going to think of things you didn't think of. And that is just true regardless. So just go into it ready to have fun and ready to roll with whatever happens. Um, Nick, you there? I am. Hey, I got a question for you. And also, congratulations. Wednesday is your final game of the Salt Marsh campaign you're doing for the Adventures League group you mentioned. Um. You've been DMing that and trying so hard to kill everyone. True facts. Um, so Jacoby actually was killed by Justin in this game. What are your thoughts on character death as a player versus as a DM? So, uh, dear listeners, I will say about Salt Marsh. Um, our Salt Marsh campaign is um, very far removed from what the book <laughs> might tell you. Um, because of because mostly because of my players, it's entirely. But on terms of like, I came into this campaign and I told them ahead of time this is going to be a deadly campaign. Don't you know be madly in love with your characters because they're probably going. I've managed to kill three of the original seven characters. I've killed some of them multiple times. We lost you. Lose me too. Justin, we figured it out. What is it? Discord hates Nick's rants. Every time Nick rants. So, real fast. I had a similar thought as I had to disconnect and reconnect again, and I'm not sure what that would be doing to my audio. <laughs> so real quick, we're going to troubleshoot this shit right now, and we're going to do it live um, for everyone to hear. Um, when Nick cuts out, I also get cut, I get cut out from Patrick and Ashley. Do you guys hear me saying, oh, we lost you? Can you hear me yeah. saying anything? Okay. Yeah. So I'm still broadcasting, but you, but I can't hear any of you because I don't hear y'all respond when I say that question. And then I realize it's me. Mm. Nick, do, do you guys can, do y'all continue to hear Nick? Yeah. Well, sometimes we could, we could hear him that last time. This is a me thing, guys. This, this is definitively a me yeah. thing. So I'm using push to talk is why you sometimes hear me cut out. Gotcha. Um, just keep, just, Hold your push to talk down. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, I guess we're not going to troubleshoot this live. We're just going to keep going as we have. And we will look back on this fondly. And in future yep. episodes, I might even ask some of y'all to be live in the studio. Because <gasps> that would so, cut out the network entirely. <laughs> I, will, I will shut down push to talk and we'll see if that changes life. Yeah, right. give that a try. So can y'all hear me? We can. Yes. All right, we're back. talking about death. We're about to rant. So before I got into this uh, 
the salt marsh campaign where i was dming i was really gung-ho on character death and killing all my characters because i've been in a, a couple campaigns now where we did the most outrageous things you can think of and nobody suffered consequences for it basically they were able to get away with it i was like i want to introduce some some fear factor back into our group a little bit but it didn't work out as i expected because i found players became a little bit disconnected from the game when their first character died like they put a huge amount of thought into their opening character and i guess everyone thinks that yeah obviously nick but they put a huge amount of thought into their opening character and their second character after death got got almost none of the same love none of the same attachment and so i was saying i think i think they actually enjoy it a lot less on character two even though i will say the character death moments have been have been good they've they've evoked emotions they've had they've had good scenes so i don't think people i think people enjoyed those those were actually entertaining engaging i had one session where my player got himself killed blatantly and he said that's the most fun i've ever had in in dnd in years because <laughs> i got myself killed and you you actually killed me <laughs> you didn't you didn't you know um cop out on it but at the same time i'm kind of like i don't want to kill them anymore because they all seem so sad after the fact. <laughs> um, but I will say, as a player, like, uh, I think we have a question later here, but I have died before, you know, hordes of devil rats or some other scenarios, and it felt, it felt bad in a way, um, because it didn't feel epic, it didn't feel, you know, momentous or anything like that. I'll say, if, if it's not like a, a character arc finishing death, it doesn't feel good. Um, but we'll talk about what happened to Jacoby, I think, a little later in this session. You know, sometimes... Quick mic check. Am I coming through? You are. Sometimes characters get their moment, and it's a beautiful death, and it's poignant for their stories, and something nice has happened uh, in, you know, in the wake of their death. But sometimes life just sucks, and it rips people from us before they accomplish the things they're going to accomplish. And I got to tell you, I kind of love that in D&D. Like, I, I've got some players in my current game that are really attached to their characters and what they want to do. I really hope one of them dies to a death rat, or whatever the fuck you called it. Because that's going right. that, to suck. And it's going to suck to see that character's storyline... At least in its way, so, die. Justin, how did you feel um, but, in Creed's game with uh, your character Trip? How did you feel about the? You didn't get to witness him dying so much as you did some stuff that went away from the group, and then he took control of the character, and then you didn't even figure out what happened to the character until the very last game. Um, how did you feel about that, finding out that he was stuck in a sword? So some of that question is a bit loaded, and I will tell you why. There's stuff you don't know. Justin, if you're talking, we can't hear you. No. It, it, she brought up trip. It's an, an emotional thing for can you, can uh, you hear gotcha, me. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I trip. Okay, I heard the whole question. I am back. Okay. And I heard the jab about bringing up Trip um, as well. 
But did you hear the part about me tripping you up? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, anyways, so anyways. Th that's a bit of a loaded question. Um, and I'll tell you why. There's things y'all don't know. Um, most of me saying I didn't know what was going on with Trip was me lying. <gasps> um, to us? To you your guys. friends? Yeah, to you guys. Um, I knew where me and so there was a few things that had happened uh there were multiple one-on-one -on -one sessions that happened between me and cody where i got to make some decisions uh, about the path that trip went down um and then there there were sessions where i had no autonomy or no choice and then there were times creed and i talked about um we talked about what would be the best way to give trip an ending and it was because this character was not being played anymore. Um, he became an NPC. So like any NPC or action in D&D, those become scripted. They're, they're, the, the improvisation with those characters is more what, how do the players in the game interact with them? Not so much a player making choices. Like if I had full control over trip then it would have been you know classic D, D and i wouldn't have known some things but in this case he was basically an npc that i had some say over um so we talked a little bit about how we wanted trip story to conclude uh and more importantly we said well what if the players help him what what if the what if the party goes and searches for trip how would trip react to that how would what would that ending we we basically had like good better best endings you know based on what the players would do so i knew that if it went the way that it did go there was going to be a sword involved and it would be the way it was we knew how it was going to go if there was like a neutral approach to trying to save them we knew how it would go if there was like a full-fledged attempt to try and save them. So we told the story we wanted to tell to give Trip a proper farewell. So you don't consider that like a character death thing? Oh, no, he's dead. There's... Yeah, I like Garnack better anyways. Oh, boo. I liked Garnack too, though. You uh, got so mad at Garnack for jumping out of a plane that you were going to leave him. I did. We were in the middle. I had a plan. We were, yeah, yep. <laughs> Arendelle may have been frustrated. Cornhill might have been frustrated. No, but, no, no, right. no. Patrick was frustrated as a person. <laughs> oh, no. no. All... Anyway, all right. Hey, so, hey, look, hey. look, look, look hold on. We, we, there are things that may happen. You know, I, I reference Matt Mercer, or not Matt Mercer, Matt Mercer, Matt Colville. He talks about his buddy who gets angry when he dies, and his buddy says, give me 30 minutes and I'll be fine. Sometimes things happen in the heat of a game where Patrick might be generally, genuinely upset. But time passes, and now we're in the podcast and everything's cool. He likes Garnack more than he likes Trip. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't trying to start shit. I was just yeah, reminding him. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was reminding him that he had overreacted like crazy. <laughs> It's fine. It was the heat of the moment. We were about to go bombard a castle, I think. It was a silly thing we to do. Did. But I did nail that superhero did. landing. You belly flopped into the ocean. How many feet did you fall? 
uh, way beyond critical velocity or whatever it's called when you don't fall any faster. Like yeah. it was, it was max fall damage as far as the roll, how many dice to roll it was. <laughs> but I survived. <laughs> I I love that you couldn't just like ask for a lift down. You just jumped. <laughs> That's what you do. All right, like, where were we? We, we got fly. sidetracked. Again, yeah, we did. Yeah. How, how dare we? Um, yeah. I will add just to conclude that section. Um, Ashley, I, even though I'm I'm moving back a little from from killing killing characters aggressively, I do intend to kill all of them on Wednesday for our final salt marsh game. Yeah. Oh, Good luck, Nick. I hope I hope it goes well. Reed had plans for how he was going to kill everybody in our fight against Vecna. Uh, can, can, <laughs> he thought. He thought. Player characters are surprisingly durable. Especially when you have a cleric. Life. <laughs> it doesn't have to deal with that. We, right. we have a cleric. He knows no healing spells, but onward. <laughs> Great. Battle mercy. Uh, anyways, Ashley. Justin. I set the difficulty for you. I knew you were going to try casting spells. And because the, yep. because the skill is called do anything, I saw no reason in trying to stop you. So what I did was I set what I thought was a pretty high DC. I set it to 4D6 was going to be what was the competing role to see if you were successful. Uh, by the end of the game, you were casting spells left and right. Did you have fun? Did it feel rewarding or did it feel game-breaking? I had a lot of fun. It, um, to me, at least, it didn't feel game-breaking because it felt like even with how many dice I got to roll for like starting fires or teleporting, um, it was still difficult to get the, the number needed to beat you for it to actually go well. Mm -hmm. So like when Jacoby is possessed and, you know, stepping out the, the door plummeting to his death, I tried teleporting him to me and it just failed. And I had teleport incredibly high by that point. So it it didn't feel breaking. It didn't feel like it really broke it because it felt like it was still still a toss up as to whether it was going to work or not. I've put some thought into it, uh, additional, you know, I, I think I mentioned it earlier in the Justin? podcast. Oh, no. Oh, goodbye, Justin. We can't hear you. Justin. See you in a bit, bud. Justin, you back? I'm back. I heard your whole thing. Okay. Uh, I think. What did you say? <laughs> or just remind I me. Remind me the question that was just said. I got frustrated and it slipped. You asked my mind. me if um I thought that the spell using spells would like broke the, the yeah, game. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I thought there was something else after that. Um. No. Yeah. What I was gonna say is, so I put some thought into it since then. Uh, you know, because I only had a week to plan the one shot we did. Um, I think in the future I would do 6d6 as the DC, the base DC for casting a spell. Um, and I like this because technically a 1d6 can still beat a 6d6. Um, and I think it would still allow a player to scale up their capability as a spellcaster uh, in the way that you did. It would just take a little longer. 
Um, yeah. and, and so yeah, I think I that's how I would tweak that. I uh, like that thought. Let's see here. Um... Patrick, Remy also attempted to cast magic a few times, but with much less success. As we discussed earlier, your dice are not always that friendly to you. Um, right. You had expressed wanting to do things similar to a bard. Were you let down that you weren't as successful? And did you, I think the few times you were successful, it was with trying to inspire people, which is very bardly of you. Did, did you? Yeah. Bardly. Bard is a verb. Bardic. Interesting. Bardic. Uh, it was very bardic of you. Um, did you did you did you get what you wanted to out of those roles and out of that casting? So you say Remy was less successful at magic than Blair, but Remy remembers that night differently. Oh. I'm just saying. Go ahead, please do tell. <laughs> no, but um, Remy fails to understand basic <laughs> everything. I think there was one moment where Blair did something magical and Remy failed to understand what happened. So he legitimately thought that he was the one who did whatever happened. And he was like, yeah, I'm awesome. Uh -huh. But no, I wouldn't say he was. Yes, technically, I wasn't able to cast like any like actual magic. I think I was trying to... Um... Oh, what did I attempt with him? Oh, to heal. I was attempting to 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 build up some of that healing capabilities that bards also have. And I was never really able to do that. But I do remember there was one key moment where I telepathically spoke through the water to Blair, who, as an unattended child in front of a full bathtub, had fallen in and was in danger of drowning. And that helped her... Save the day. Okay. I would say that was pretty magical. Wait, I would as what? well. The, the bathtub scene, you were you were in there, you were trying to pull... Was it you or Jacoby who was all the way in? Um, I think I teleported in and then had to teleport out. Yeah. Jacoby so bravely dived in to save her and yeah. then started to yeah. sink. Yeah, and yeah. I was trying to inspire, but I was told it's water, no one can hear you. So I was like, ooh, I want to telepathically try to inspire. And it mm -hmm. worked. Yep, I remember that. That's that's how I remember it happening. So okay. so yeah, my dice like a good story. That's I, I do remember his uh his failing to understand that it was me saving Jacoby during the bathtub scene. That's what he was talking about. Um ah. I teleported the water out of Jacoby's lungs. Oh, right, 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 right. And right. he thought that he was very successfully giving him like CPR or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how that went. <laughs> okay, okay. So you're right. Maybe you were. Maybe there were more successes. I think it was just that um, that Ashley's Blair's was was so much more. You know, it's Probably. fireball. Fireball compared to inspiration, like fireball. I think part of it was that I started trying to do that stuff a lot earlier on in the game yeah. than mm -hmm. they started trying to do magic. So by the time we're actually needing to do like where magic would be like super helpful with like healing us or something, um, they hadn't had the time to get it as leveled up. Got it. That makes sense. And that's kind of neat because it, it, it kind of um, talks back to what Nick had mentioned earlier that you can kind of look at someone's character sheet and just know what they're what they've practiced effectively, mm -hmm. um, and I, I agree that it's pretty cool. So speaking of Nick, we've alluded <laughs> this a few times. 
Uh, Nick, how old was your character? Um, my character was nine years old. He believed himself to be 13 years old, but yes, a nine-year-old child died in this one shot. So, Nick, welcome to our campaign and to our group. I took your nine-year-old character and hurled him off of a roof. Why don't you tell everybody, uh, break down the scene, what had happened was, and how you felt about it. Oh, no, really? I can't hear you guys. doesn't understand. It's truly incredible that that happens every time Nick starts to talk. <laughs> I, I, it happened to Ashley once, too. I'm not totally guilty. All right. <laughs> Nick. So, did you hear what I said? I did. <laughs> okay, carry on, my wayward son. So, we are finally at the third floor of this haunted house. We've had a lot of horrible bad things happen to us, but Jacoby has scented the delicious smell of cookies, which are actually like health potions. But Jacoby wants those cookies. We open a door and we find two ghost children playing. And these ghost children are evil because they're holding hostage two cookies. Well, well, guys, you know Jacoby had to go for it. While, while Blair was distracting them with some magic... She um, was. While Jacoby, Blair was trying to help these poor children move on... Jacoby made a run for the cookies, and he got those cookies. He didn't get to eat them because one of the children possessed him and then jumped out a window. Well, an open door, technically. <laughs> and then that moment when you're... Uh, GM says, you just took more damage than you have health by a substantial margin. Yeah, yep. Um, was dead. it really by a substantial margin? You were eating health cookies every chance he you had. had. Oh, no. He had I two ate... health and he took three damage. <laughs> I think it was like, yeah, but I ate all of the health cookies when I had full health. Yeah, right. I know. We all did. <laughs> yeah. They were tasty, I kept, man. I kept describing it as you guys felt amazing, but uh, I just... Yep. Yep. I was like, I thought they nine... were like weed brownies. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured my my nine year old you know kid who loves food is not going to be thinking meta about I need to save some cookies for when I'm hurt. Yeah. I was like, nah, he just eats these. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. <laughs> um, That's fair. So, and this was, I was really sad at this death because it meant I couldn't get to play anymore, <laughs> and I was having such a good time. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I did feel it was totally fair, though. I will, I will say that this one felt fair. Jacoby took a gamble, and then his friends failed to save him from his his terrible mistakes. <laughs> and I, I made sure to give everybody a chance to. How are you stopping this from happening? Yep. Um. Yeah. No. It was. Uh, uh, I gotta tell you, I I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Because to me, I knew what I had planned for these kids. These kids, their whole thing was going to be to possess you guys. That was the whole encounter was that they were going to attempt to possess you. Um, and my thought, and this kind of to back to uh, Ashley's question earlier, is you know how do you plan these sessions? My whole thought was that, well, they're not just malicious. They're, they're kids. They want to go home. That's why they're doing this. And so this, this thought, to me, the whole story in this is that the kid gets the possession, he goes to leave, he jumps to his death. He doesn't realize he's jumping to his death. He thinks he's leaving, right? 
then they're they're then they're both dead and then they're both just stuck you'll find them again back in the foyer still stuck now a new kid the kid of J- the, the ghost spirit of jacoby still playing still stuck still not going home like to me it was a tiny little bit of sad and poignancy in an otherwise crazy game and it was my favorite part of the whole session but i'm sorry you had to die and stop playing uh, it, it was so good though because it, it i felt like this was blair's character arc almost like like the birth of a sorceress um yep. mm-hmm. yeah so all of you had such cool moments but at the end of the game at the end of the day you are just some kids effectively y'all came out of this just some kids with the exception of Blair, I, I've told Ashley in private chat that, hey, I'm taking full control of your NPC. Uh, I've got things I want to do with Blair, the 12-year-old, 9-year-old, 10-year-old spellcaster. Um, and one of the things that's established is that this game takes place inside the world of our main game and that it's in the main town where the magical school is, the wizarding school is. So I've got things planned for Blair. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be excited to see how that turns up in the main game. Are y'all still here? Nope. <laughs> Not still here. Right. It's on the agenda. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, wait, y'all came back. Oh, you hey! Came back. You came mean? back. Oh, uh, well... Whatever. It is, guys, I'm looking at my network stuff as we do this. It's definitely a network thing on my side. It has something to do with me moving the router today. I'll figure it out. Your router doesn't like the sound of my voice. Because we've all, we, we have, I, maybe I've just missed it, but we have had some blurps in the actual stream itself, too. It's not just Discord. It's the network. All right, but that's it for me. Patrick, do you have anything? Oh, God, we lost it again. Uh. I'm, all, I'm okay. Okay, with... that's it for me. Patrick, do you have anything? Woo! All right, yeah. So, <clears throat> I've been thinking about something Ashley said about how Blair started trying to work spell casting and, and magical abilities into the game earlier on so that by the time we're getting into the late game where we're you know where it's really gonna matter we're down to the wire Blair's gonna come in and do some awesome magic stuff but I was thinking I was like you know I don't want people I don't want anyone listening to have that key takeaway of okay if we're gonna play I roll for shoes everyone needs to start working on magic as soon as possible what does everyone do? I'm going to start rolling for my magic. Because I'm thinking, you know, if at any point during that one shot, if someone intelligent or if an adult had been there, things might have gone differently. Maybe someone could have been doing some investigation checks or a little bit of persuasion. And I don't think those more like staple D&D skills made their way onto anyone's character sheet, which, again, we had a great fun, we had a great time, and we managed to come out the other side. But I think there's room there for if you just want to play that system, but you don't need magic. You can still think of ways to get 
past obstacles or overcome challenges. But we were kids. We were in a haunted house. It was a bit silly. There was definitely that element of kind of like a Saturday morning cartoon feel. So I wanted to ask both Nick and Justin, currently running games, you're both active GMs. Describe how you would run a serious game of I Roll for Shoes, and what setting do you think would it work best in? Uh, Justin, let's start with you. Sure. First and foremost, is my mic working? Yes. Great. So I've actually put some thought into this because it came up during our game of like, can we just do this more often? Um, so I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer your question with a question. And this question is for you, Patrick. And, and so your, your wording was a serious game. Yes. So I need to ask you, how serious do you take the real medical issue of amnesia? How serious do I personally take the real medical issue of amnesia? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> so the reason I'm asking that question is because I, I, my, my solution, my thought on how to do this seriously is that every day or every time the player's character sleep, they wake up with Groundhog Day um, scenario and they don't remember their skills from the day before because the, the the problem i have with this is is that if you just keep going per the system you're gonna be rolling 20 d6s yep and like it just infinitely scales i actually don't think this system works very well for a traditional story arc or long-term session where you have you know weeks of game time or even days or a week of game time because you are getting xp for every single thing you fail you're exploding the skills you want to explode and before you know it it's untenable or at the very least no longer fun it'd be like being level 80 in world of warcraft or something and going back to the beginning zone it it, it would it just it doesn't seem tenable for that style of play. So that led me to well, how do their skill? What do we have to do to have their skills reset every day or or reset at an interval? And that's what I came up with. Oh, did I lose everybody? I lost everybody. This was cute at the beginning, but it's no longer cute. It was cute at the beginning, but it's no longer cute. This was super cute. It was really, really cute. Now it's really getting old. In, in his hair. Yeah, um, so back. maybe not long haired cat. Hey, how you doing? Did you, you hear my guys? response? Uh, you cut off at, so you were, you had decided, all right, amnesia, that's the way to go. Yeah, you didn't want us to be level eighty World of Warcraft super. Oh, players. I was gonna say, God, that sounds like I missed everything. Um, no, I was basically just saying that's the only way I could think to make it work. And then I said, Nick, what do you think? So I really think this is more geared towards one shots, just because of the same problem you described, where after one session, you know, Blair was unstoppable sorceress monstrosity at you know eight years old. Blair, <laughs> oh, she was ten, eleven. Yeah. So we have ten year old, ten year old, ten year old pyromaniac sorceress. Yeah. Um, 
but I think this would be great for a system, a one shot where you want to move players away from combat. Mm-hmm. So rather, you know, D and D is very combat focused. Pathfinder, all of them. So you know, you want them to explore. You want them to puzzle solve. You all want them to to not immediately jump into, you know, murder hoboing everything. Um, so one of the, like the ideas, you know, say they're on a ship and the ship crashes on an island, and so they're on an island. You know, you have your players on an island. They're terrible at everything. Go off explore into the jungle and see what they what they end up looking like at the end of the session with their skill sets. You know, they can find ancient temples. They can find there are traps and things to explore and weird people to talk to. But it's not you've moved them away from. You know, worse worse comes to worse, I can just murder Hobo my way out of this situation. You want to move them away from that, if that's your goal. So Nick wants to throw some players onto an island in like a survival setting. I can see that that would be pretty serious, at least for the most part, you know. Maybe even having the team work together. Someone wants to be like, okay, I'll, I'll roll for build a fire or I'll roll for fishing or whatever. That could be fun. Um, and then Justin wants to do kind of like an amnesia thing. Were you thinking that maybe the day itself was repeating, Justin? Or are you thinking the day's going to progress, the stories will progress, but the characters just plumb forget what they did yesterday? The latter. Okay. Okay. Though I See, do I'm, have a... So in a, in a previous episode of Dungeon Chat, we talked about how... Uh, a lot of the way I plan stuff is based on like a filing cabinet of one shots. Uh, I very much have a one shot of Groundhog Day uh, ready to go. (laughs) Okay, okay. I also want to point out real fast, just because I love pointing this out, because I think it's the greatest idea on the history of the planet. I think we should re-release... I think we should... Advertise Groundhog Day Two, the movie, the, re, the, the 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 true sequel, Groundhog Day Two. Have it come out on Groundhog Day, and just when people go to see the movie, it's just the original Groundhog Day. Um, sounds like a lot of people would sue you for doing this. <laughs> it would be an amazing joke. Yeah. So. Yeah, we've got both of your ideas. All right. That Ash- would require someone having already seen it, though. True. Yeah. Which I never have, so the <gasps> wasted on me. We're resolving that. No. no. You made a mistake, Ashley. <laughs> no. All right. So, so, so Nick's thinking I roll for shoes is going to work for survival setting, deserted island. Justin is thinking, I'm just going to make everyone forget everything from yesterday and just restart. Hilarious. Ashley, gun to your head. You're going to run. You're going to run. I roll for shoes for your grandma. What setting are you going to have that in? You know, I first want to say that I'm kind of taking issue to you thinking that that can that little game, that one shot wasn't serious. Um, oh, I mean, get him. Get him. I was thinking it <laughs> Especially when Jacoby dies. Yeah. I mean, I was. Things I got was a taking that stuff pretty there. serious. Yeah. Um, just because and the bathtub. Was, yeah, the bathtub was pretty terrifying. And honestly, Justin, I'm still trying to work out. Um, Patrick, you said earlier that you didn't think magic was necessary 
in my roll for shoes, yeah, Justin. Justin. I'm still trying to figure out how we would have gotten that skull out of the bathtub without teleportation. Uh, you didn't keep swimming. Um, it was only 20 feet deep, and you had the skill kick off floor. But things were grabbing at us. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. <laughs> I don't think you thought that through yeah, well, fully. Yeah, you know. Well, let it all out, Ashley. Now's the time. <laughs> he was relying on that whole, the players have more bandwidth. Uh, well, yeah. I think, actually, you just hit the nail on the head. If you're, just, if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, the players are smarter than the DM. And even if yeah. they're not, there's three of them in this case. They'll figure something out, and I'll think it's clever, <laughs> and I'll let it work, which is basically what happened, except for the dice. So I will say it's not always true. I do recall a certain Shadowrun campaign where the players were decidedly not smarter than their GM. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Ashley, you're running a roll for shoes yeah. for your grandma, maybe some other uh, adults or elderly, or just people new to mm -hmm. role-playing entirely. What setting do you use? That is such a tough question. It's Especially since I had no time to prepare an answer since you didn't address this question to me in the outline. I know. Um, thank <laughs> I you know. for that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think I would just try to pick something very basic. Um, like they're in a castle or something. Um, something that's very clearly... That will get someone, you know, into like, hey, this is a fantasy thing, you know, just you can do anything and it's all made up and it's and the points don't matter. Right. Yeah, right. So um, like if I can tag in and offer a touch of assistance to Ashley on this very difficult, unplanned question, uh, yeah, especially she's considering down. she's played, I think, three campaigns, uh, the Salt Marsh, Creed's and mine. Uh, no, I have not not, not, salt, not marsh. salt marsh. Oh, okay. Well, still, I, I will say that I also struggled on where I was going to put this, and so what I ultimately decided was that the framework I was going to put it in was the town that already existed called Night Hollow, and that I was going to put it in the same time frame because it was inconsequential because Night Hollow is like 600 miles away from the rest of the game, and they were kids. So how inconsequential or how consequential could it be? Uh, thanks, player. And then you have a ten-year-old that can teleport. Yeah, I know, you right? Know? Um, the it it oddly fits in, and that's all I'm gonna say. Um, but the um, but beyond that, I wasn't sure what I was gonna do setting-wise. So I literally just said, "What's a fun movie with kids?" Grabbed Sandlot, pulled the baseball thing out of my ass, and then had you guys looking for a baseball. So sometimes you just grab something that's fun and easy. I oh, I lost you guys again, didn't I? That means I gotta sing another damn jingle while I reset the damn Discord. Oh, this was funny the first time it happened, but now I'm reconnecting to Discord again, and I don't know what I'm gonna do with the edits. Oh my god, this sucks. Ruthless. Am and, I back? I'm back. All right. You're back. Hey. You're back. All right. I'm really happy. Right. So one thing I will say I'm kind of happy about with this, and I'm not Wait, happy. Wait, can I ask? Hey, Kyle. Kyle's watching the Twitch thing. He keeps saying stuff about jingles. Does music pop up every time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Chat. So every time I get disconnected, I start singing little ditties about how frustrated I am. Oh. And they've Hold always on. been different. We have a Oh, it just happened again. Can y'all hear me? Because I can't hear y'all. Oh, this really sucks. It really, really sucks. Reconnecting to the Discord again. La di da di da di da di da 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 da. Loading, loading, loading. Yeah, loading, loading, loading. There we go. Welcome back. All right, we're back again. Here we go. All right, can we get a fourth before this is over? Jesus Christ, ask your question to Ashley. One right, more so question. I just wanted to say, Ashley, don't be too mad at me. I, I had a re I really wanted to gauge kind of y'all's thoughts on the matter because I know we all walked away from playing I Roll for Shoes. Justin, how many hours were we at that table? I lost track. It was such a good time. It was like maybe six Maybe six? Yeah, it was like 12 to 6, 12 to 5. Yeah, yeah somewhere in the yeah. ballpark. So we all walked away from a six-hour session, and we've had four-hour sessions, we've had eight-hour sessions, we've had 12-plus-hour sessions, but we walked away from that one, all yeah, of us please. thinking about it. I know we did. And I've actually kind of been thinking about it as well, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, a great way to maybe introduce how to play I Roll for Shoes is to tell someone... Think about your favorite character from a TV show or from a movie. What would that character do and attempt that? And, and just kind of build up from there. And so maybe someone would be like, oh, yeah, I want to I play uh, MacGyver. Absolutely. Let me start building MacGyver skills or whatever. Someone else would wow, be like. Wow, I hate you someone so else could much be right like, now, Patrick. What would the Terminator do? I don't know. So uh, that's that's just something I've been bouncing around in my head. How to make the game a bit more. But Ashley, you're absolutely right. I did you dirty. I told you beforehand I was going to ask you a different question, which is this: What is the next experience that you hope to experience uh, or encounter? Eloquent, very with, eloquent with D and D. Read the script, Patrick. <laughs> Please allow myself to introduce myself. Um, and are there any specific character combinations you're you're thinking of of trying out in the future? If there's a one shot or something happens to Denim because he was the one who got bitten in the leg by a shit rat, we healed that already. <laughs> or we is there a a new challenge that you're really hoping Denim will get to face soon? So I've been really enjoying. Um... I think the, the first campaign that Justin tried running, I had a character that had a really terrible backstory and it made the character very angry and just wanting to get in all the fights and go on the adventures to kill all the bad people. And that just wasn't any fun for me. So, but since then, I have realized that I really enjoy playing just the most ridiculous character that I can think of. So whether it's Mindy just her only personality trait being that she was an <laughs> idiot and had the most redneck accent ever. Uh, or Denim. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, y'all. <laughs> I can't read, but... <laughs> Have y'all heard Vecna, of Vecna, you fucking nerd! 
You had to go to school to learn magic. There we go. <laughs> no. Um. Thank you. So yeah, I, I realized that the just the dumb, ridiculous characters are my favorite. So like Didim, I just want him to be fast because he's part horse, and that just I, I love it. And depth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm really looking forward to is just completely breaking Justin with Denim. Um, he Agreed. is eventually going to be, I'm going to be multi-classing him into Monk so that I get, no wait. Yeah, Monk was in it. Monk no, was there. Monk is just for speed, I think. It's the Rogue. I'm taking like a few levels in Rogue so that I can get Cunning the action Thief. Dash. The rogue thief, and then have a climbing speed equal to my walking speed. In which case, the centaurs, um, your climbing speed's like quarter what your walking speed is because you're a horse. Um, he won't even like. <laughs> I, I can just be climbing everything, and he can't say anything about it, despite the fact that I have four legs Rules and they are written. horse legs. Just no, real I, quick, what's the motto of the game? The the motto of the game? Oh, as it yeah. pertains to the to the horse, uh, normal creature. It, it, it is a normal normal creature per the rules. It's treated anything easy. a medium sized. Uh, yeah, creature. it's a medium creature per the rules. It is a medium creature, just like a fear bulb is a medium creature. Stupid. And honestly, you everyone keeps acting like Denim is like super huge, but um, Greg's fear bulb is taller than Denim is. You know what? Medium creatures. <laughs> Medium creatures. Yeah. Medium creatures. I just have a lot of junk in the trunk. Yep. A whole bunch. Uh, I'm waiting for Justin's Justin's bandits to start having like anti cavalry tactics. Napoleonic. The bandits like form form this infantry square and Napoleonic infantry squares try and stop Denon. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no no. So there's um there's a, a, bar, a barbarian thing later on in Barbarian that I'm going to take that gives me a fly speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to be like really angrily flying around. Nick, you know when uh, Heroes of the Storm, that, uh, that dryad creature? I'm over here thinking. Yep, no, Justin's just going to kill this character. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm excited. You know, truly, I'm excited. Can y'all hear me? Yes. yes. Ah, I'm excited. I, I really am. I think I I love those kind of characters. I agree with you. The last character, Dinah, I know what you were trying to do, and I think you set out to have the best of you know with the best of intentions on that. And you started Dinah. Bef Dinah was before Mindy, right? Yes. Yeah. It was. Um, I a hundred percent see that narrative of you did this thing. Um, do you mind if I say what Dinah was based on? Go for it. Dinah was based on a uh, Scarlet Witch. Yep. You know, it had very similar backstory, very angsty over the loss of family. And you were, you're right. Your, your back your background basically forced your character to just have a chip on their shoulder. And I think that a chip on the shoulder when balanced in a nice way, it can still be fun. And I think chip on the shoulder can be really cool. when you finally get that, that, that character moment of, releasing the chip that's on the shoulder but if you're not balancing it right and you're and you're playing it too aggressive 
then I think that does sap all the fun out of something that, you know, should just be fun. Um, and Mindy was a, Mindy's a delight and so is Denim. And I am not upset or scared in any way about how you plan on breaking speed mechanics, uh, with your little four legged speedster. It's broken, isn't it? I'm not hearing a single response. Oh, oh, no. oh wait, wait, it's back. I didn't, get to do a, I didn't get to do a jingle. It's back. I hear you guys. Do you hear me? Oh, oh, oh thank goodness. Uh, you know, yes. now you've, I'm just imagining the centaur in like a flash speedo. Yeah, it's now. a speedster. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, no, no, no. He doesn't wear clothes. Yeah. Oh, the, only, the only piece of clothing that he has on right now is a bow tie that Tat gave him. So he looks like a Chippendales dancer. Yep. So do you keep your sword your sword sheathed? She has an axe. Is that a uh, metaphor? <laughs> oh. Is that? And on that note, I think we're done with this tragedy <laughs> of an episode. We made it. We made it. <laughs> we to got the end. So listen, if you stuck it out for all the jingles and the disconnects and the 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 griping and upsetness then we appreciate and love you. Um, there are going to be some improvements to the podcast that are not network related in the very near future, uh, starting with our first episode of 2020. These network issues, I'm really glad I moved everything down here today because uh, I probably would have, you know, playing games and being on Discord, I probably would have noticed the issue. But very distinctively, I, I get to see the issue firsthand and how it plays out over the course of you know, a few hours of recording. So we're going to have to fix that. That'll be fun. Yep. Uh, but anyways, thank you all for watching. This was the most viewers we've had to date, which is embarrassing considering all the stuff I just said about the network. But also... 2020, new year, new goals, new studio. But I genuinely feel that these are the hurdles we're going to just have to take. And I think that a year from now, we will be better for it that we had these. So I ask you... If you found us, if you listened, if you liked the, if you liked what we're offering, give us a, a subscribe or a like or a follow or a download. We'll be on YouTube. We'll be in the archives on Twitch, and you. This will also be up wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, thank you all so very much, everybody. Say goodbye at the exact same time. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah, there we go. All right. All right. I am stopping now. Are we no longer live? Justin. 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 We are no longer live. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're no longer live. Uh, so, uh, if are... it makes you feel... Thank you very much for listening to Dungeon Chat, an Into the Dungeon podcast.